What was it actually like being her assistant? And is it anything like The Devil Wears Prada? Actually, the book had just come out right when I started, like the week I started. And so like I had, I was so nervous that people thought I had written it and like all these things obviously had oh just my God. impossible. Hi, I'm Arielle Charnas and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In House. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of In House with me, Arielle Charnas. For today's guest, we are continuing our theme of fellow mothers who, through their love of fashion, look to turn that passion into a career. And with that theme in mind, I'm looking forward to talking to Silvana Durrett. Silvana has long been in the world of fashion. The mom of three worked at Vogue for 14 years, starting as the assistant of Anna Wintour and eventually becoming the, the director of special projects where she turned the Met Gala into the megawatt event we know it as today. Then, in 2017, she transferred her knowledge of all things fashion into her business, Masonette. It has become an online destination for quality products of every kind for the little ones in your life. As Silvana says, their goal is to empower parents to make the best decisions for their families and to bring a little bit of magic into family life every day. Hi. Hi. This is very exciting because you know how much I love Masonette. I feel like pretty much place an order at least once a day. It's a problem. I feel like you were one of our first, like, loyal customer, like our first, like, really? customers. Yeah. I remember the first time I think you post, you like tagged us in something and we were like, yes. <laughs> I still do. You don't understand. It's since day one, my loyalty to Masonette has not changed because I just think the service is incredible. Customer service is incredible. And I buy all of my birthday presents for all the birthday parties there. I buy stuff for their bedrooms, like oh, furniture so and to to everything. It. And then all their clothing. I mean, you have everything. It's amazing. So happy to hear it. So let's start with, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your career, how you started off with your career and how you got into launching Masonette? So I actually did not plan on on being in fashion. I mean, I loved fashion my whole life. And my mom was like a huge inspiration to me. She was like a very chic woman. She still is. She's alive. I don't know why I'm talking about her in the past tense. But um, <laughs> so went to college on the East Coast and thought I was going to go into like directly into the to the business side and then sort of like couldn't find a job after college, submitted my resume to Condé Nast in general, just like like right. hr.com for any job that was available. And they called me in for like a purely informational meeting. And so I was like in like a white, like button down and like a black mid skirt, like a really like, t like just like classic professional way, like not fashion. Yeah. Went in, ended up having like 11 interviews that day. The last one was with Anna. What? Yeah. Last one was with Anna, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm interviewing with her right now. Like, I'm, can we do this tomorrow? Oh my God. Went in, <laughs> had this like maybe three to seven minute interview, was convinced I was not being hired. And then they called me the, the day after, and I got the job, which was like crazy. What was the job? The assistant to the editor in chief, Anna Wintour, at Vogue magazine. Oh my God. I had like, you know, she was asking me like my favorite designers, and I was like, J. Crew, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so like I had a real like you know I had a real like steep learning curve when I first jumped in but yeah I started my career at Vogue I was there for 
almost 17 years in the end. It was like my only job before Maisonette. So were you always, for that full 17 years, you were her her assistant? No, no. Oh, God, no. You Um, moved around. Yeah. So (laughs) her assistant sort of, it's like a two-year, maybe one to two-year thing. And then- Okay. So I was there for about two years, and then I went into fashion, and I was a fashion editor or accessories editor for about two or three years. And then she asked me to start overseeing events. And so I did- I went from like having n- no skill set in event planning at all to like planning the Met Gala, which I was terrified. Oh my God. I was terrified at. But before you keep going, because I know everyone's going to want me to ask this question, what was it actually like being her assistant? And is it anything like The Devil Wears Prada? I got this question <laughs> a lot. Actually, the book had just come out right when I started, like the week I started. And so like I had, I was like, I was so nervous that people thought I had written it and like all these things, obviously. Oh just my God. Impossible. You know, she is, she continues to be my mentor. Like she is the most loyal, the most incredible sort of uh, female business leader I've ever encountered. And I think in order to kind of live in that world, which, you know, is is primarily a man's world, you have to be really tough. And so she has sort of commanded all this respect because of like kind of this like armor she's put on. And I think I think that's changed a lot in the last 20 years, right? I think like at the time, like that was totally integral to, to becoming a female leader. And today I think it's different, but she was one of the first trailblazers who was like out there and like doing really incredible things in the fashion industry and beyond, right? Like I think her power transcends the fashion industry. But so I think she gets a lot of flack for for sort of surviving that world. You know, she's tough. And I think that was really helpful for for me. I don't think it's for everyone, right? I think it really taught me to have, you know, a thick skin to be like completely sort of like head down, eye on the prize, like, you know, expectations, really high expectations, setting the bar super high for yourself. Her work ethic is incredible. She starts at like five in the morning and she goes all day long, you know. So so for me, it was like so formative um, in terms mm-hmm. of kind of creating kind of my work ethic and and sort of the person I've become as a as a career person. But yeah, there are there are truths. There are definite truths. Uh, I have a lot of funny stories, which, um, you know, are are, uh, like, again, just have have made me who I am. But but there are also a lot of obviously embellishments. And she's not she's not the monster that a lot of people have painted her to be. She's actually like an incredible mom, um, an incredible mentor, so generous with her time and everything else. So I'm I'm very blessed to have been that's awesome. So after you were her assistant, you moved on to events. Events started, and then so that really turned into sort of like a business development role because I was raising money for sort of all of the initiatives she wanted to do with Vogue, right? So she was, you know, the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund. She's so kind of uh, involved in like helping young designers who don't have the funds to sort of break out, and so we we had to raise a ton of money, and so I sort of got into this position where I was working with a lot of corporates, and I really liked kind of that world where we would conceive an I- of an idea and then like find the money for it and kind of see it from like start to to end, and I think that's where I sort of found my interest in starting my own business. So I was there for seventeen years, and then I you know decided to leave to start Maisonette. And 
I, that was really because I, I had this, I like me and Luisana, my co-founder sort of had this problem, which was like, it was really hard to shop online for our kids. We couldn't find the things we wanted. We were on the internet with like a million web browsers open at three in the morning because we were working moms and it was like mind numbing. You're like, you right. know, Zappos for shoes and Serena and Lily for bedding. And you were going all like, over, all over. And it was an annoying. And we hypothesized that we weren't the only ones with that problem. We weren't. We started Maisonet. That's so incredible. Yeah, it's been a real whirlwind. And how long has Maisonette been around for? We're five years this year. So it hasn't been that long. Feels like so much longer. Isn't it crazy to see how much things change in like such a little amount of time? It's weird. It's so weird. I feel like I really want to like stop and really be present in each moment because I look back and I'm like, that was so much fun. Like I was, I was always like looking ahead yeah. at like what I could be doing to grow. But like, I really wish I, I have appreciated like every moment of the journey, even if it wasn't easy, mm-hmm. wouldn't be what it is now without all of those ups and downs. And, and I don't know, I just feel like a hundred percent, I look back and I'm like, that happened already. Like I already did. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like I yeah. get so ahead of myself about building and building, but you know, it's like these moments where you're like actually doing the work that's so motivating and so much fun and just being able to like work with an incredible team. I'm sure you feel the same way about your team, but so let's go back to how you started MazeNet. So how did you find or meet your partner and how did it like were you scared to to take this leap and start your own business and open a website and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> Luisana, I hired her at Vogue. So she was, she was my nut. So Anna has set, like, a, I think she has two or three assistants now, but at the time it was two. And so there was a, an, a like a senior and a junior and the senior hires the junior. So I hired her as my right. junior. So we've known each other forever and became like fast friends, best friends, family friends, um, husbands are so like nice. friends. She left Vogue earlier. So she went, she actually moved to DC and did a bunch of different things. But, you know, I think when we decided to do this, not only was it just, you know, not, not a ton of people were doing it. Um, we're, we're sort of doing things like this. I feel like now everyone has a business. Right. But not only was it sort of like foreign, there were so many people telling us not to do it. I mean, every single person I talked to was like, you can't do this. You're going to ruin your life. You're going to divorce your husband. It's going to consume. Because I, I, there were so many naysayers and I was just like, cool. Like, I don't want to get divorced. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was just, and, and people are like, it's hard. It's hard to raise money. It's hard to do all these things. Like you have to, you know, you have to devote your life to it. You're, you're, this becomes your baby, which in a lot of ways is true. So you did that whole part yourself, the raising money, like all of that you did by yourself? Yeah. That was like my superpower because I had been raising money at Vogue forever. So I had this, I had this network right. of, of, you know, individuals, angels who then connected me to people. So like right. for me, I was like, I can raise this money. Like I can do this. But like the harder part was like, how, what's a business plan? <laughs> and like, right. Yeah. Like then, and then what? like, how do you even hire your first employee? I mean, we had like the, it was like, it was like the Island of Misfit Toys. It was like all mom, all my friends who were basically moms right. who had left the workforce, but like all like Ivy league, like super smart, incredible women who were just smart. like, yeah, I want to do something. I've been a mom. Like, let's do something. 
all worked for me for free at my kitchen table, like grinding it out. That's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of them are still at the company today, which is... I was going to say, are they still a part of it? Yeah. That's but literally awesome. worked for free and like donuts, basically. But yeah. And so then we uh, we started it. It was scary. There's, you know, as you know, like there's so many ups and downs. There's days when you're like, we're killing it. We're going to be here forever. And then there's days like, we're going to shut down tomorrow. Like it's over. Right. And you kind of have to just like be up for that ride. You have to totally be up for that ride. Right. And for people who don't know what Maisonette is, can you can you explain? Maisonette is a curated children's marketplace. And our mission is sort of to help parents navigate the journey of raising the next generation, right? So everything from the clothes you buy to the content you read, kind of really supporting our parents and this modern family, which looks very different than, than when we were growing up along this like really difficult time in life. And that can be like magical and amazing, but like super hard and challenging. And I think everything you consume for your kids, whether it's, you know, the clothing or, or, or the content or anything, it's like, it's so important. Right. And so we really try to bring value in that way and try to sort of curate that experience. So from, from the clothes, from kind of the information, all of, all of that, um, really helping sort of parents and me- and meeting them where they are in their lives. Yeah. And how, how has it evolved since 2017? So we were just closed. I mean, we were literally just, we were like the net a porter for kids. That's what, when yep. we would go into our pitch, we'd be like, think about net a porter for kids. And now we're across about 14 categories. So everything from, you know, home decor, home furniture, gear, toys. We have teen now. We have maternity. We have pet. I mean, it's really everything kind of for like what your family needs. We actually have women's wear now, which is much more like, you know, we're not competing with the motives of the world. We're like mom, mom uniform. Right. (laughs) That's amazing. So a lot has changed. Our team has grown yeah, and we're in this crazy time right now that's just unprecedented, you know. I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> and you started it after you became a mother, right? Yes. I was pregnant with my third. So you have three kids. I have three. Girls, boys? I have a boy and two girls. So mine are slightly older than yours. My oldest is 10. Got it. So did you always know you wanted to be a mother? I did. I did. And I always wanted three. You always wanted a big family. Yeah. So you've talked about how motherhood's changed your perspective of work. So can you talk about the difference between a career woman and then a career woman as a mother? You know, I think I have, and I'm sure you share this. It's like, I, you know, I think when you're a working mom, you feel like you're half-assing everything, right? It's like, you're half-assing work, you're half-assing your, your marriage, you're half-assing your kids. You're like, just like making it right. There's just like a, there's no margin for error. I struggled with a lot of guilt, like all the time. Like I was just never. But like, don't you still? A hundred percent. So it doesn't go away. Yeah. All I have is go. It doesn't go away except that like I have been really intentional about like ever, anytime I feel guilty, like just trying to push it aside and be like, yep. this is this. I need this for me. Full stop. And there, that, that, that doesn't that needs to be the end of the sentence. Right. Like you don't have to justify it. Yeah. You don't need to like think about like why and when and what times like whatever that moment is and you need it, you need it like no matter what. Right. I like that. I'm really trying to be like when I have those feelings, like I have this like mantra that it's like, this is for me and this is okay. This is for me and this is okay. 
it still exists. I think it'll always exist. I don't know anyone who's guilt-free. Like, I, I don't know how people could be. I know. But I, I do like certain things. Like, I have, I block 9 to 10 every morning. So I have a block every weekday from 9 to 10 where it's, like, just me. So either I can take the kids to school or I can work out or I can go get a manicure or whatever it is. But, like, from 9 to 10, that's me. Right. And that's been super helpful. You know, I think it's 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 a really about like a mind shift. It's not about like I mean, obviously there are things you can do physically to help you. Like there's meditation, yeah, there's of course, therapy. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in therapy, all these things. But I think like it's really just like you have to be okay with it. Like you, and, and even if you're not, you have to fake right. it. It's so true. So you recently, which one of my favorite parts of Maisonette is, you launched your in-house label, Maze and Me. Mm-hmm. Plus a woman's a women's section to help mothers complete their mama form in an elevated but down to earth way. So, can you talk about how you're looking to expand the brand? What was the thought process behind that? Yeah, yeah. So, Maison Me, we have two brands now: Maison Me and Neon Rebel, Rebels. Okay. Maison Me was really like we were trying to fill a gap in the assortment because the way that our business works is we're a marketplace, right? So, when you order from us. The experience is like you're ordering on any website, right. but actually when it's fulfilled, it, it comes from the the brand itself, right? It's like Amazon for parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's really it was really hard for us to find that like that entry price point, you know, and I think our customers were really looking for a really good product that was not that was not, you know, that you didn't feel bad yeah. about buying multiples of, right? Like you know, like they're they're gonna go through these leggings a million times. They're gonna get holes in everything. They're gonna right. You know, and so this line was really driven by kind of that need, but you wanted sort of an elevated, like attractive look, yep. right? So you you don't feel like your kids look like, you know, like. But that's true. I mean, like you want to buy something that they can destroy at camp and not feel bad about, but also still look cute and fashionable. Cute. Yeah. And like everyone loves like that sort of like Those French sets, look for yep. their kids. Yes, yes. So Maison Me was really like a great product at a really good price point that you can buy over and over again, like great basics, et cetera. Yep. And that did really well. We had we were like very surprised at how quickly that sort of took off. But what you re- what so like this brand has grown with me, right? So my kids are now older. So like whereas I could put them in Maison Me all day long, like today, like Grace shops with me on my site and she chooses everything and it's like everything I hate. It's like the flip sequin and like the you know, it's like all the things that like they're, but they're like, they're starting their own journey in fashion. And so like, I feel like I have to lean in. I can't be, I I can't just like dress her for the rest of her life. So Neon Rebels is really for like an older kid who is kind of learning to explore and like effectively like express themselves through their clothing. And so it's very different. I like to say it's like Alessandra Michele of Gucci meets (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. That's what in my in my mind, that's what I wanted it to be. Um, but it's like nothing. There's no rules, right? Nothing matches. It's like neons. It's like rainbows. Yeah. It's like glitter. It's all of the things. Love that. Is there a specific fabric that you choose to use for the kids' products? You know, it's everything. Anything that's cozy, like anything that is soft and cozy. We've we've just actually um, switched our cotton to Peru because it's you know like Lima, Peru. All it's so soft. So soft. I mean, that's Peru cotton. That's like the best. Yeah. You know, it's it's really about comfort because kids just won't wear it if it's yeah. not comfortable, particularly older kids. My son is like, if it's not cozy, do not get it near me. If it's itchy. Yeah. He's like, I, I, I sent him a chino. I'm like, you have to wear like a nice pant. He's like, he runs. He's like, I hate I you. Know. Yeah. My daughters are the same. 
Especially with pajamas, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pajamas are... Have to be soft. It's, like, crucial. I know. It's crucial. It's so true. I saw that you posted that brand, um, Polka Dot England, or Polka Dot... I'm obsessed with that It is so soft and cozy. I wear them. I know. Me, too. It's so good. Do you sell them? We just launched them on the site, yeah, and I'm obsessed with that brand. True, and you know what other brand I love that I found on your site? I mean, it's so, like, loud, and but my kids die for it is Lola and the Boys. Yeah, Lola and the Boys is so great. And I just bought those sneakers, too. They're, like, rainbow yeah. sneakers, and I posted them. Every single person asked me about those sneakers, and they're, like, not – very expensive. They're so cheap. They're like, they're like, you know, like, uh, otherwise you're buying golden goose. And I'm like, like, I'm not putting my, I'm done putting my children in golden goose at camp and then coming home and seeing them like they're completely black. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. All of it. I got, I got two pairs each of that sneaker for the kids to wear. They're so good. I just bought for my, my eight-year-old's birthday is this weekend. I bought these Lola and the boys sequin jean shorts. They're. Oh my God. Should I look online right now? Yeah. They're so good. But so, yeah, so like the the whole, you know, the thesis behind these private label brands is that like we're trying to fill a gap in in the market, right? right? Something that we can't bring from a third party perspective. A lot of the a lot of the brands on our site are small businesses, right? Um, Small to medium sized businesses. It's hard for them to get like the scale to get those prices down, right? You have to have like crazy MOQs, like that means medium order quantity for those who don't know what that means. I, I love I love all of the acronyms that I've learned over the last five years. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> or like my first invest, investor meeting that they were like, so what are your KPIs? And I was like, KPIs. Yep. <laughs> I have all of them. Those are the, the K's and the P's and the I's. That's Every amazing. single one of them. <laughs> I know. It's true. I learned so much about that stuff as well. But yeah, so that's sort of been, and so I think as we look towards the future, it's really going to be about like, where are other gaps? Right. Like, could, in bet, I, I'm, I'm like, betting is a, is really hard to find for kids, right? There's nothing. There's nothing. I go on restoration. Either it's sort of like crib sheets. And then once you get that's out of it. crib sheets, you're like, I know. that's it. I buy the, um, the ones that you guys sell, the, like the ones with like a unicorn and then a dinosaur. They love oh, those. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They love those. And that, and you're the only one that sells them. They're really good. They're cute. They're really good. But yeah, you're right. Like, we need other options. I, I just buy it on restoration because I don't know where else to go. By the way, same. <laughs> I know. Or you'll make it for us? Yeah. I think we're, I think home is, I think home's the next frontier. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. At a really good price point. Yeah. We need it. So what do you hope your children learn from you as a CEO and a mother? So, God, so many things. I think my mom was a working mom, too. She was an actress. Oh, wow. And I remember – and I see this in my kids as well. Like, they get so upset, you know, when I'm working. And, like, my daughter's favorite question is, like, how many more calls do you have? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, like, ruining her. (laughs) But I hope that one day that'll turn into, like, her own ambition to do whatever it is she wants to do. And also feel good about taking, I mean, this is a choice for us, right? Like we're making this choice because this is what makes us happy. And so I want them to feel empowered to make those choices and to like take that time for themselves and to sacrifice maybe a little bit of family time and things like that for yourself because it makes you feel good in it. Like contributes to the world and and which is not to say that like by the way like if you want to be a mom too I mean that's the hardest job in the world and you know like more power to you but I want them to feel 
Like it's okay to you do you, you know? I think it's, it's also really important. Like whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom, it, you just need to do whatever makes you happy. Cause if you're not happy, your kids are screwed. 100%. Do you know what I mean? That's like all it is. It's like, if you're not, if you're miserable and you're unhappy in your everyday life, your kid, that's what your kids pick up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point. Yeah. It's quality over quantity in my opinion. Yep. What about advice for women or, or men interested in starting their own businesses? You know, it's a good question. And and the thing I always say, cause people are like, what would you do differently? Or like, my answer is always like, I would, I wouldn't do a single thing differently because I think it's so important that you like to your earlier point that like you go through every piece of the process on your own. Yep. It's obviously important to like get mentorship and to like, you know, ask people questions, but like all of the mistakes are crucial, right? Yeah. Like you, I, I really believe like if you don't fail a little bit, you're never going to succeed. No. And so I feel like I would just say like, you have to be, you have to want it. You have to really want it because there's going to be a million reasons to not do it, right? There's going to be so many people, so many reasons, so many days that are kind of like abysmal where you're sort of, where it's so easy to just say, let's screw it, you know? Like, and so you have to be persistent. You have to be resilient. You have to like trust your instincts and you got to keep going. Cause I think that's like the difference between businesses that succeed and businesses that don't. It's like, you just lose the willpower, I think. The motivation. Yeah. So is that the same advice you would give for someone like who has a business and they're going through a rough patch? Like, what do you, would you say the same thing? Yeah. I mean, there's so many businesses right now going through that. And I think Yes. I think there's, there's the like, do what you need to do to make it survive. Right. But like, there's a lot of wisdom around like getting back to basics, focusing on the core business. Like what do you do? Well, like cut out the fat, you know, Yep. you can weather any storm, like get to profitability. All of those things are important. I think the other piece is like, you have to be nimble. You have to be able to pivot. Like if that means like a change in business plan or a change in the path forward, like you got to do it. You just do. And I think everyone's sort of seeing that right now. It's sort of like, you've got to just pivot. If you need to pivot, pivot. That's great advice. So, th- well, first of all, thank you for joining us today. This was so great. Was I could fun, talk to you right? forever. I know, me too. I have so many other questions, but we have to wrap up. So can you share where, are you public on Instagram? Can, where people could follow you, your life, your... I am public. What's your account? I'm at Sylvanitas. And how can people, how do they find Mazenet? Um, maisonet.com and also Maisonet World is our is our handle on Instagram because when we first started the business, like obviously, like there was a million yeah. other ones. So That's a great name. Maisonet World. Well, thank you again for joining me on the podcast. And thank you to all the listeners out there. You could reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on next. Just DM us on Instagram at something navy and we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. This was awesome. Ariel, you're the best. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnis and at Something Navy. See you next week.